And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm here, so <laughs> I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. Howdy, Oklahoma. My name is Chet Holmgren, and I'm down to dunk. Dead gum. I'm Josh Giddy, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. <laughs> I have. I don't, is that like you eat it together? Everybody tells me okay. to get the bag of burgers. I need like a straw, like. <laughs> Howdy. I'm I'm an artist on the court. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. My name is Kenrich Williams, and I'm down to dunk. It might be Aaron Wiggins. This is a troll. It's a troll. I'm trolling. Howdy, Papa. Because I I think it would take away from who he is, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) I love Oklahoma. (laughs) I love Oklahoma to death. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. Perfect. Great. Very good. I like the hat. You bro. like the hat? Yeah. <laughs> Vava, this is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I've been doing a lot of dunking. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays is my good friend, Michele Barrett. Michele, what's up? It's all great. What about you? How was Vegas? How was your long weekend? It was great. Yeah. Had a great time in Vegas at the in-season tournament. Got to make some fun videos. You can check those out on the Athletic NBA Show YouTube page. Uh, did some podcasts while we were there. We uh, did post-game shows, uh, one with Eric Name on Thursday, which was perfect because I think kind of the main story from that night is just like how the Bucks reacted afterwards. And so it was good to have him on. And then... On Saturday night, Sam Amick and I uh, recapped the uh, finals. So it was great. Uh, great time. Got to see Cooper Flag uh, live, which was really cool. Um, it was a closed event. And so it was like just like a bunch of NBA scouts and like the parents of these kids. And then wow. a few people from the media and like got to sit and watch that courtside. And that was super cool. Uh, the whole experience is just amazing. Got to meet Ernie Johnson for the first time. Uh, we got to talk to lots of different people, uh, which is great. Yeah, my favorite my favorite thing by far is just standing on the court during warm-ups. It's like one, you get to like watch LeBron and Anthony Davis and Halliburton, and all these guys warm up right in front of you. But then just like the people that walk through – like people in the media people from like teams and stuff walking through and just getting to like introduce yourself and like chit chat with people um is like the like the very best thing uh in the world like it's so great i just stood with sam amick for like an hour i think i said this the other night and then just people would walk by and just want to talk to sam and then i'm just like hey sam anybody that walks up to you just introduce them to me please (laughs) so (laughs) uh so that i mean it was just cool it's cool getting to go back in the locker room and talk to these different teams. You know, I do that with the Thunder all the time, but don't get the opportunity really 
to get to know anybody from other teams. And so um, it, was a, it was a very, very cool opportunity. Uh, I feel grateful and blessed to be able to do it. It was really, really fun. And I think we got um, some cool, some cool stuff, some good podcasts and then some fun videos and stuff. So shout out to Sam N, who is our, uh, he does videos and does YouTube for, for us at The Athletic, specifically for NBA mostly, but he does baseball and other stuff too. But he's great, and we had a great time. So, yeah, it was great. It was fun. And the games were not bad at all. I mean, <clears throat> the final yeah. was was a good one yeah. for, I would say, 36 minutes, 38 minutes, yeah, maybe, maybe 40. I mean, 80 was just sensational. Yes. Just yes incredible and and the lakers showed how preparing really for a game matters in defending guys i mean tyrese mm-hmm. Burton was completely thrown off his routine i mean he had barely space to take trees yeah. and i mean it was um kind of a showing from the lakers and also good to remember that okc dismantled them mm-hmm. two weeks ago mm-hmm. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> They've gotten some of their guys back since then that have helped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Vando, Vando is one of the, I would say, it's the prototype of defender that bothers Shea yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They were good, but it is the Thunder are very good too. So, which is why we're doing this podcast. Hey, um, tomorrow is December twelfth, the day that we've been waiting for for a long time. If you live in Oklahoma City or around it, and your trash can says Oklahoma City on it, you are eligible to vote tomorrow. I would encourage you to do that, and I would encourage you to vote yes for tomorrow. So if you are unaware of this somehow, uh, there is a proposal for a new arena that needs to be voted on by the public. And if it's approved which I would be a little surprised if it was not. But if it is approved, the Thunder will remain here until 2050, which is like a, it's a massive commitment from the organization. I, I get it that some people think it's not a good deal for Oklahoma City or for the patrons or whatever. I mean, it really comes down to like, do you want a team or not? And I think if you vote no... It doesn't mean that they're going to just move tomorrow, but it makes things murky. I mean, we should we should know above almost any other market in the league. We should know that you should not mess around with this, because if you vote no, this is that's exactly how the team got here. That's exactly how we got the team. Is that Seattle voted no, and they thought there would be no way they would move it. There'd be no way. The Thunder ownership group isn't young. It's not a young group of guys that's going to be around forever. I don't know who... I mean, they're going to eventually have to get some people to take over and like sell parts of it to younger folks. Like That has just got to happen. Um, but like, there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee that if you vote no and if, and if this got turned down, that, they were ju- that they're just going to go back to the back to the drawing table and like figure it out. There's no guarantee of that. I think we above any market in the NBA should know you don't mess around with this. It's either you want an NBA team or not. The, the deal, the, 
the fact is like the leverage isn't going to be there for the public like no matter what it's just not because there are so many better NBA markets out there than Oklahoma City and I don't know where the idea came from that we can just be like cocky and be like yeah whatever well we're going to we're going to hold out for it we should hold out for a better deal it's like my goodness guys if this got voted no and the team somehow had to move Oklahoma City would never, ever, ever get an NBA team ever again. And that's not that's not me trying to like scare people into voting yes. That's just me like stating a fact mm-hmm. that if we like mess around and think but maybe there's people that just think like having an NBA team isn't that valuable. Sure. If you think that, fine. You're wrong, but that's fine. You can vote no. But like, don't vote no because you think like, oh, we'll get a much better deal if we vote no. Like, that's that is that is not guaranteed either. <clears throat> like, even if they do go back to the drawing table, is it guaranteed that we'll get a better deal the second time around? I just don't think so. Also, I I made like a YouTube or a, a short that I put on Twitter that talked about like the history of Oklahoma City and its arenas. And like clockwork, every 30 years, there's been a new arena approved and built in the city. And it's been 30 years since the Ford Center was approved and built. And now it's time for another one. And so like this is just kind of how it works. Like this, this probably would be happening in Oklahoma City, even if there wasn't an NBA team here. It's like they would be thinking, hey... The arena is not really up to snuff, and we need to get something else built. And that's what would be happening anyways. But we have the opportunity to build a great NBA arena. Really, honestly, the first NBA arena built in Oklahoma City because the first one was not built to be an NBA arena. This would be the first like building built for an NBA team in Oklahoma City. And you get a commitment from an NBA team to go through 2050, which I, I when you say that, when I say that, I'm like, man, I can't even believe like that's a year that we could all be living in. Like that just seems like so bizarre. This is how you will stare at things in 2050, probably. Like like this. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll can... look like Mark Degnault does. Like after <clears throat> like every play, it's just like it's just. Just squinting, staring. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you and I will we'll be old. Be, we'll be old doing podcasts, drinking coffee. You know. Um, yeah. yeah. To me, that point was never discussed in a in a proper way. I think the fact that, um, I mean, the first arena was not thought to be an NBA arena, and there were talks already that in order to get an NBA team here, you had to create a new one. Mm-hmm. Now. I'm not saying this will endure the pill about the fact that the 50 on whatever it's going to be, it's less than Eddie that than others um, have done. Yeah, but the point is that you had basically an NBA arena um, for 14 years without really having to pay major money to to build one, mm-hmm. um, which is not nothing. And on top, you have a team that that is generating way less revenues than in other market that is willing to spend to keep the team here. Yeah. I mean, OKC went into the tax for KD. Maybe later, um, maybe they didn't do everything right. 
but they spend a lot of money. Oh yeah. And those monies come come back to the state taxes and city tax, and then you have the 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 earnings that you have by just having the team in the arena for 82 games. And so it's it's not super duper easy to understand if that deal is a good deal for the city. Mm-hmm. Um but but as you mentioned, I mean it's even from afar, it's clear the, the how much the team meant to develop to the development of the city. And having that for the next 25 years is a boost to, for the economy no matter what. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I think it's very important to consider that, not just as a, a moment where you can bargain a better deal. You don't know that. Yeah. Sure, you can try to hold off, and then you you can have two results. One, the deal, well, three results. One, the deal doesn't change, and you may, maybe you do something different, like you project, you, you do a different project, you may mm-hmm. save here and there, uh, or something like that. The second outcome is, like the team gives you a little bit more, because, I don't know. But there is a third outcome, which is, yeah, okay, we'll stay like this for a couple of years. In the meantime, we'll see if any other team, maybe we will be the ownership that moves to Las Vegas instead to expand the team. And we are the one who get the market. Yeah. Like, things like that are real. Like, Seattle wants the team back. If there is a guy who's willing to spend a gazillion money to get the team back, Oh yeah, and your team is rejecting. Basic, your city is basically saying, "Okay, no, we need more from you." Said, "Okay, let's see who else is going to get me more," because in the end, it's money. And sure, I'm I'm positive that Clay Bennett has something for the city. Otherwise, he would have moved in a different spot. Yeah, but there are limits and rules, and money in the end, it's money. Yeah, so they will um, make more money in Seattle or Las Vegas, like. Yeah, the end. I mean, yes, like they would. Those both cities can wait for the expansion. Yeah, but I mean, a team like OKC with this young core, yeah, don't. in Las Vegas would make a gazillion amount of money. Well, and if you can't do it for two or three years more yes. with a team that is ready to win, that is the point. Mm-hmm. I mean, the team has a resource that is unlike anybody else in the league or a very few teams in the league. They have a future. Yeah, a controllable future in their hands. Mm-hmm. If you, if you move today, you could generate, like, maybe three years ago with the Chris Paul theme, you can say, "Well, okay." I mean, yes, the the starting of the or of the rebuild is now, and there is, you don't have any all star. The future is yes, a lot of picks, but can you can you really show me? And now this team is winning. Yeah, this team is good. Uh, there are investors that have already their eyes into what is happening in OKC right now. Oh yeah. So that, yeah. You can you can try to leverage, but the leverage is not there. Yeah. There, there's no leverage. <laughs> it's and, just and not. The and the entire NBA world is has been waiting and is still waiting on o- the city of Oklahoma City to fumble this. Because there are very few people league-wide that believe that Oklahoma deserves an NBA team. Very few. Most believe that Oklahoma City does not deserve an NBA team. And they are waiting for us to fumble this and vote no. And when we, if we do, 
which I hope we don't. I don't think we will. But if that happened, everybody in the league outside of Oklahoma would look around and say, you know what? Told you so. Told you. Not only do they not deserve a team, they don't have any clue what they have. And so the naivety that I've seen, there are so many people that are so naive with their vote no campaigns. They absolutely have no idea what they're talking about. I would just point you guys to listen to the podcast that I did with David Holt. Just like search down to dunk Mary David Holt and you can find it and like share it with people because like he breaks it down. He breaks down the history really well. He breaks down why you should vote yes. I mean, it's a, to me, it's a no brainer. It's a no brainer, but I promise you that if these people that are trying, that are trying to talk people into voting, no, if they went out, boy, the M- the NBA as a large, as a community of people, executives, people all around the NBA will say, told you so, told you. I told you we shouldn't have moved a team there. I told you this would never work. I told you. Or you vote yes and say, wow. Like the Thunder are there to stay through 2050. Like We better get used to the idea. Of Oklahoma City, but I can promise you, tons of people fly into this city and think, "Oh my gosh, I cannot believe! Like, I cannot believe there's a team here! Like, I cannot believe it!" And so, just we have to understand, like, who we are. <laughs> we have to understand who we are as a city, and know that, like, we don't have leverage. We we shouldn't be so like cocky about it. Is what it comes down to. I mean, it's, in, it's insane to me that people will be so cocky to think that, oh, we need, I need a better deal. Dude, you shouldn't have an NBA team. What are you talking about? You want a better deal. Like, the good deal is to have a team here through 2050. That's the good deal. Vote yes. All right, I'm done talking about it. Hey, uh, the Thunder are good. They're a really good team. They are 14-7. and seven. They are 8th in offense. Wow. 8th in Sorry. offense, 6th in defense. Net rating is third in the league, tied with the Philadelphia 76ers. 7.2 net rating, which is still really good. Yeah, it's regressing a bit. Every but, but the thing is, like everybody's is. You know, sure. along with like Minnesota's 7.3, Boston's down to 8.5, Philly's 7.2, you know, Orlando's fifth and they're 4.9. You know, like, yeah, it's regressing. It was always going to regress, but everybody else is too. Like these teams that are have been off to hot starts have regressed as well. Um, the true shooting has uh, cooled off a little bit too. They're third in true shooting at 60%, which is still just unbelievable. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this is a good team. They won just an unbelievable game against the Warriors. I was watching on my phone as I was walking over to the arena to watch the, the EYBL game. And I just couldn't believe what was happening. Like, I, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I thought, okay, you know, that when the Thunder had that last possession, basically, to get a three, I thought, this is over. Because, like, they have just, they couldn't hit, yeah. they couldn't hit a thing. I mean, it was so bad. So, so bad. And Draymond Green, giving the Thunder a gift. Like, just reach, like, he can, for, for being, like, one of the smartest players 
ever in the NBA. Like he can be one of the dumbest guys. Um, yeah, that was not a good play. It was unbelievably bad. So 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 bad. And Chet stepping up. And hitting those three free throws, holy smokes! Like that takes that, uh, that takes a lot of guts to be able to do that. Those are even though he's like a great shooter. I mean, like I truly believe he's a great shooter. That's still yeah, but we are really going, tough. And we are going too fast, too far. Why? Let's stay in the moment of the pass that goes to Chet Holmgren. Yeah. Like for the second time, the decision is. Hey, we will hit Mr. Homeworn with the pass and let him win us the OT. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, there is J Dub, there is Shea, and then there is this rookie who is a very good shooter, mm -hmm. cold blooded, yes, as Hoop Talk 69 says in the chat. Sure. But hey, Shea Gilgis Alexander. It's there. And the Thunder designed the play to get Holmgren guarded by one of the top 15 defender in the NBA over the past, I would say, I don't know, 15 years, 20 years. I mean, top 15, right? probably over the course of like the last like 30 years. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. Uh, I Like comparing eras, but he, like Draymond Green is exceptionally good yeah. at defense. And he was guarding him. And the ball found him and he made the play. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't just shoot it, he was just ready for the foul, recognized that Draymond was a little bit too aggressive mm -hmm. and leveraged that perfectly. Yeah. Perfectly. Like great pass from the team from Dub trusted too. him. Yeah. Great pass from Dub to get him the ball. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it's insanity. It was amazing. And for them to just have like the and the, and they've had they've been having these games like these uh like mental toughness games where they have had to like the Mavs game was was one of like true true mental toughness. Um and then that game as well. I mean they were down like it felt like they were down 11 the entire time. And then yeah. they were able to kind of fight back there at the end. And get in there, and it still felt like, oh, this is too little, too late. And then, you know, Chet gets fouled, steps up, hits the three free throws. It was amazing. And even still, like, there's seven seconds left in the yep. game, and they get the ball to Steph. Uh, Lou Dort's on him. You just thought, like, oh, here we go again. Like we've all we've seen this movie before, you know. And then it like, yeah, against Portland last year. <laughs> well. He misses, and then like the Warriors like immediately like just completely wet their pants in overtime, yeah. and they foul Isaiah Joe on a three point shot, and boy, they turn the Chet ball over. Three, yeah, Chet hit a three. They turn the ball over like crazy. Um, I mean, twenty eight times. I made a I made a video of all twenty eight. It's it's weird because like on the box score it says twenty nine, but in there. There's like there's not a 28th or 27th. I can't remember which one it was. There's not a 28th or 27th turnover in like mm -hmm. the in there. Maybe it's so a 24 second violation. Well, they have everything in there. They yeah, have all. I don't, of them. I don't know. Maybe it is. Anyways, but I have all 28 
uh, turnovers. And yeah, uh, great babe. Draymond throwing the ball out of bounds. I mean, it was great. It's, it's, it's fun to rewatch all of those turnovers. I watched them many, many times. And there, a lot of it's carelessness with the ball, but it's also like the Thunder, like knowing how to play as well. Yeah. I mean, like the amount of steals. They the passing lane so well. Yeah. Like they were ready for the interior passes. They, they did an exceptionally good job on the ball coming from the outside to the inside. Yep. Like, especially to Kevon Looney and to Sharic, they were ready to jumping those passing lanes. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that was like, I would say, three, four, five steals yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. Just like jumping the passing lane and not just doing it in a, I would say, reckless way. Yeah. They were just coming from behind at the moment that the pass started, like playing the in-between between the big man and the, the corner tree and just playing that area, mm-hmm. which, yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. Well, they ha- it's funny. They had 17 steals. The Warriors had 20. It says, still says 20. What's it say here? 28. It says 28 in this box score. NBA.com says 29. I don't know. 28 turnovers. And still, this is, this is like the most like bizarre game. It's almost like, hey, Let's see what like we're wor- let's just do what we're worst at the most and just see what happens. Because the Thunder lost the rebounding battle 39 to 60. The Warriors still after turning it over 28 times, they took six more shots than the Thunder. They yeah. still got six more shots. Like that it is like the it is one of the craziest box scores that you'll ever see. Like, there's so many, like, it's an anomaly to turn it over 28 times. It's an anomaly to get that many steals and still take less shots than the other team. Like, it was just, it was a very, very bizarre game in a lot of ways. And it was, like, a very mental game where it was like, hey, like, probably the most mentally strong team here is going to win. And they did. Like, they, they absolutely did. You know, and the... Now the Warriors, part of the reason they turn the ball over is they just pass a lot. Um, yeah, they had twenty nine assists. It's funny they had twenty nine assists to twenty nine turnovers is what this is telling me. Oh, one to one ratio, great. Yeah, one to one ratio. Um, the Thunder had only fifteen assists on the night. They could not hit a thing. They were five of twenty nine from three. I mean, it was it was really really rough for them. Yeah, and I don't s- like the number. Five nor twenty nine. I don't like either. Yeah, you want more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. Yeah, I don't the think Warriors, that the distribution the, is good enough. The Warriors almost took fifty. You yeah, know, and it's not like they I think had, that Lucas needs one, to take more than thirty five. I think so too. I think that's. I think that that's right. But the Thunder did score seventy eight points in the paint. Yeah, in that game, which is a ton, and had twenty seven fast break points. So like they're. Yeah. Obviously, if you only hit five threes, you have to score in some other way to get to 138. Um, yeah. It's crazy that they shot 17% from three and scored 138 points. I mean, that, yeah, if that you look at the box score of the game and you tell that uh, Golden State had a lot of turnovers, you just watch the Golden State uh, box score and say, hey, you hit, they hit less than threes than you and they took, I mean, 39 rebounds. Yeah. Who's winning this one? Yeah. I would say 95% of the observer would say, hey, 
Golden State won the game. They shot four, they shot forty percent from three. They hit the I mean the the three point discrepancy is nineteen to five in favor of the Warriors. Yeah. Nineteen they hit nineteen threes and lost. That was just because they they were so careless with the ball. Holy smokes, they were careless with the ball. Um, yeah, and the Thunder played great defense too. Like I don't want to just. I mean, it's a combination of both. It's a combination of carelessness and also just like the Thunder having like that length and just like knowledge of the game knows how to play. Um, it was so much fun. I obviously was not at the arena, but I was texting with a bunch of people that were, and they were just saying that it was like the the craziest they've heard the arena in a long time, which is really cool to see. Because I, I think like after that Houston game, it was it was a tough time for Thunder fans. And I think like we need to all be able to like take a little bit of a step back at times, especially like maybe after like a really bad result and then a really good result. Like take a step back and think, like, man, would you have thought twenty one games into the season that the Thunder would have a seven point two net rating and be third in net rating in the league? You know, better than, better than, almost better than every team in the West but the Timberwolves, which is also a surprise. But like we didn't, we didn't know, we didn't know that this team was going to be this good. If you were in the yep. summer, if you were to like say, that like, hey, I think a quarter of the way through the season, the Thunder are going to be one of the best teams in the Western Conference. You're going to have a top five uh, MVP candidate. You're going to have the Rookie of the Year favorite by far. You're going to have one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. I think we'd all just been like, dude, like, chill out. Like, you can't expect this from this team. And they're still second in three-point percentage in the league. Mm-hmm. Like, I think everybody so would. Up? I think everybody would say, chill out. Like, that's not like that's like you're the biggest homer ever. I just don't. I think that we need to like really because I I, I don't want to. This is supposed to be like the fun year. And I get like a lot of like the Josh Giddy stuff has like been a dark cloud over things, but I think that we need to like let do our best to like let that take a back seat at least for now. Because like this team is really good and they're really fun. And it's loaded from top to bottom with really good players. And this is only year one. This is only twenty one games into Chet Holmgren's career. And I think that they have like a legitimate superstar on their hands. I talked to lots of people in Vegas that want to talk about the Thunder that are either from media or from team side or anybody. Everybody's like, man, like this team, that team is really good. And they want to talk about how good Chet is. And people, I mean, there are a lot of people that believe that Chet could be the best player on this team in a few years, just because of like the things that they've seen so far from him on both ends are just unbelievable. And so I just yeah. like want to encourage State it again. What? The, the fact that Chet could be the best player on this team. I mean, yeah, this is not Andrew could. being a homer. No, I think this that is definitely, I mean, I, this I, is I, it's on the table. And by the way, you have a top five player there too. Yeah. Who's probably going to be on most MVP ballot. Yes. Ballots this year. Yes. Um, I want to say something about Houston. Um, I'm probably in... I mean, I'm okay with that loss. I'm weirdly okay. I know that Houston is Houston, but Houston is one of the best defenses in the league. Like, I know that we like to think about Houston as, yeah, I mean, they are like faking it a bit. And maybe I was guilty of um, 
thinking them being more of a low 30 kind of team and maybe there will be a high 30 team uh this year maybe low 40 that seems a stretch but it can happen um they played a very good game defensively and on top okc missed a ton of wide open shots yeah and it's not that they lost against the wizards like if they lose the way they did 110 to 101 in washington i promise you i will be so mad yeah so so mad Mm -hmm. because this team can't allow itself to lose games like that or if they lost to utah tonight you know if they lose to to utah tonight it's a little bit better than losing against yeah but like like the wizard there's no no walker kessler no markinen tonight yeah they They, should win yeah they should win so yeah i mean the, the the loss in houston is not similar to losing against the jazz yeah they lost against a team that played well and they shot the ball particularly well yeah it can happen i mean i mean denver (laughs) lost against them yeah Uh, i mean the lakers i think lost against them it's it's uh houston can be a good team a good enough team it's like losing against last year's thunder it can happen Mm -hmm. it happened to many people Mm -hmm. so I'm I'm not as mad. I mean, of course, I want them to play better. Of course, Kitty played crap on uh, on that night, and I'm a little bit worried about how the situation is going forward. Everyone is, sure. but in the grand scheme of things, this year should be about learning how Chet is and how good he is. And I think that this is a very very welcome first 21 games mm-hmm. for Chet. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be awesome if also Kitty would work. If Giddy worked the way we had in our minds, this team would be probably the first team in the league by far. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. that's the thing. It's like they're playing well. They're fourteen and seven, with Giddy having by far the worst stretch of his entire career. Yeah, and and guess what? No matter what you think about Giddy today, and this is not the referendum on Giddy, like thinking, okay, he's in, he's out. The point is, OKC could remove him, him, his salary, and whatever, not think about him any longer, mm-hmm. and they still would have one of the best young core in the league by far. Yeah. yeah. This is how they are stuck in terms of talent. Yeah. And, and have, so. And they still have, I mean, enough picks to fill out an entire roster and probably make a good team. With just like the picks you have alone, yeah. So I yeah, mean, I, I mean, I'm just trying so to encourage I'm not people, Michele. To give up. Yeah, I'm just trying to encourage people to just try to enjoy it. Like, just try, try your best to enjoy sure. it. And I understand, like, we, we, you can't live and die by every win or loss because, like, we, we've got to be better NBA fans than that. I guess would be my my case. Like, that's like the league is tough. The league is really, really tough. And I think it just hurts yeah. more than anything just to lose to the Rockets. It hurts because like there is like a such a insane online presence between the the Rockets and the Thunder, and you just want to be able to rub it in the Rockets' face that you won. And I get it, but we've got to I mean, we've got to be better than that. Like we got to do like understand like where they're at, the position that they're in. I mean, everybody that I talk, there was not like one negative thing that people were saying about the Thunder when I would talk to them. 
about like where Not the even team, the rebounds, like where the team Come is on. headed. No, no. I mean, they're they're third in net rating. <laughs> Not even the rebounds. I Come mean, on, I mean, at people, least that. Yeah, I mean, people get like, get mad about. <laughs> I mean, it's to me, it's I just want to like seriously. Like, this is the fun part. Like, don't miss the fun part yeah. because it it they will get to win fifty four games. <laughs> Like, I know. What, what the hell are we discussing here? I know. Like, like just, this has been, I mean, the wildest, and even not even my wildest dreams. Yeah. We would be, I remember when, when, when I said to you, yeah, maybe something crazy will happen. They will be 14 and six. And like, they are 14 and seven. Yeah. Like, it's just, just stop and think about the fact that Chet Holmgren was fouled by Draymond Green and he decided a game yeah. from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Chet Holmgren, mm-hmm. that we had. Issues in our mind, even projecting how we looked with this team. And we say, yeah, he's good, but come on. I mean, is he really going to be contributing for me? Maybe it's just pick and pop. Heck, it's not pick and pop. He's a monster. And I mean, and Shea was saying, yeah, maybe he had a season. No, he, it was not a season. It's, it's a super duper star mm-hmm. that he's playing the exact same offense, if not better, than last year. And mm-hmm. on top, He's a top 10 defender in the league. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we discussing here? Yeah. Who cares about losing against Houston? Who cares if they they, they made a t- make a tweet about which star Chet Holmgren has compared to Alperen Shengun? Shengun can be a good player. OKC may have missed on him. Who cares? They yeah. have Holmgren. They have Jada. They have Shea. They have Giddy. They have a gazillion picks. They have freaking Kaysen Wallace, Kaysen who's Wallace. playing like a starter. Yeah, <laughs> most nights. Yeah, this is how things are going. Yeah, like it's we can't we can't be even. I mean, I would. Say, yes, there is this cloud about Giddy, but the encore product is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm done. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Um. Let's uh, take a quick break and then let's we'll talk about lineups and uh, different combos and kind of what things are looking like. And then we'll take a look to the schedule. We will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. 
If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back after that quick break. Uh, Michele, I am looking at cleaningtheglass.com, which filters out. I love the website. It's a great website. Filters out um garbage time and and things like that but if you i mean if you ask mark degnall he would say that that there is no garbage time in the league but uh, cleaning the glass would disagree with mark on that i so i filtered it to the three players being on the court which i think are the three most important players on the on the squad chet jadub and shay and just filtered those three on together and just trying to figure out Who's playing well with them? And the truth is, there's only one lineup that's played enough possessions for it to really matter, and it's the starting lineup. And currently, they're a minus 0.7. Yeah. Um, those three together, overall, are a plus 4.1. And so, it's not surprising, because part of it is that, like, Giddy's not played well. The lineup's the spacing in that starting lineup has gotten worse as the season's gone on, as people kind of figure out that like, Hey, you can kind of not worry about Giddy or Dort at all. Uh, and by the way, Lou Dort's out tonight against Utah. And so hmm. I mean, my expectation is that case Wallace slides in again for him. And we'll, we'll see how that goes. I would expect it to be good, but, um, but like don't defend, Obviously, we can defend Giddy with our center, and then we cannot worry about what Ludor does. And if like those guys beat us, then like we're good. And for the most part, it has not been a good result for OKC so far. And so like they've yeah. they've got to figure some stuff out. Like every team has struggles that they have to go through, and this is definitely a struggle that they are experiencing right now. Um, yeah. Thoughts and on the starting I, lineup? I mentioned Yeah, I mentioned to Alex uh in our in one text book, text group, maybe just me and him, about the fact that having team adjusting at, like to your way of playing basketball in November and December, it's it's insane. Like yeah. adjustment usually come way later. Um but teams are already taking OKC so seriously that they have to adjust in order to match them, in order to play them. Because if you don't, then they will kill you with their way of playing. Mm -hmm. And OKC, uh, with the starting unit is, over the past three games, they they weren't able to really adjust. Uh, 
Yeah. Part of it's it's lack of shooting. I mean, there are a lot of missed shots by Chet that will help a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Chet goes back to 38, 39%, which I believe it will be the percentage that he will finish the season with, like yeah. 37, 38, something like that, things will improve. Yep. And I think that that part of the game can be leveraged even more. I mean, I would I would advocate for Chet to take like six, seven trees a game, yes. uh, especially in the starting unit. And I also want Shea to be a little bit more active early on because I feel like he is trying to not be ball dominant and not trying to take too many shots, especially when there are when everyone is on the court. But it's not really working. Right. Um, so it's I would like for for Shea to be a little bit more like the one who handles the first unit mm. and give open shots to other guys, to other guys mm-hmm. especially in a pick and pop setting with Shay, with Chet Holmgren. Mm-hmm. How how would you approach other teams guarding Giddy with their center? How would you approach that? Uh, I think uh, that a good way of doing that is trying to use Giddy more as a screener yeah. and just try to to play him a little bit more in the dunker spot. I know that this will mean that the center is closer to the basket, but it's not that playing him away from the basket helps the center um, moving out because mm-hmm. the center will just stay and, and not move. Screening, doing some back screen, um, maybe taking the ball at the elbow and try to do what Giddy used to do last, well, two years ago, playing a little bit more on the elbow. Maybe that is going to be a little bit more helpful, having guys moving around so that the center, yes, is there, but you can open the things a little bit more. Um, it's it's tricky when you have two non-shooters to really have some movement, but Giddy is a is a good passer, and so I would I would really try to to use him more as a screener, which is something that you started to see, yeah. and they did well on one game that I don't remember where they start off really well, like screening against Minnesota. The first part of the game against Mini was perfect. Mm-hmm. They were like moving around, constantly screening, um, and then they stopped a little bit. You have to execute very well. Mm-hmm. And the same problem OKC had with Adams and Robertson on the court with Melo, PG, and, and, and Russ. So it's not easy, yeah. but it can be done. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not against Skiddy taking threes. He, na- he needs to do that. Yeah. Maybe not six, but three, four, do that. He has, um, like, he has to. If he part- stops taking threes, then it, it gets worse yeah. fast. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I like I like Grape A suggestion though. You do? Taylor can't guard Giddy if he's on the bench. No. No. <laughs> it's true. Uh, nice try, Andrew. Nice thing. No. Let's uh let's take a look at some other lineups. So if you just sub Isaiah Joe in for Giddy, it's only in fifty five possessions. They're a plus thirty two. Yeah, it's very little. Yeah. With the de- the defense yeah, I mean, is slightly better. Um, but like it's also such a small sample. It's like it's not going to be plus thirty two. It may be a plus nine. <laughs> it could be really good. Yeah. To me, it's insane that just the first unit has non garbage minutes above a hundred. Mm-hmm. Like I was looking at them uh, a little bit um, this afternoon and yesterday, and 
I mean, the starting unit is more than 550 possessions, I think. And Four, then all the others. 497. Are, 497, yeah, almost 500. Mm -hmm. And all the others are like 50, 49. There is a lot of... Um, there is a starting unit with Kazen, the starting unit with Kenrich, the starting yeah. unit with Isaiah Joe, then maybe Isaiah Joe and Kenrich, then mm -hmm. Wiggins, then uh, a little bit of Mitzich here and there, Usman Jang in the beginning of the season, maybe Jay Will. So there is not a unit where you have like long stretches. Yeah. Degnal is mixing and matches and matching a lot uh, in, in, in terms of uh, lineups. So if you look at a three man combination, yeah, you can have probably a good amount of minutes together and even four guys but having five it's no yeah there's no there's no combo that has above 55 possessions which is what that yeah. lineup with jones said of giddy has um the the lineup with Kaysen instead of uh dort which we'll see i they haven't said this but i assume that that's what we'll see tonight is a plus 16 and a half with giddy in the lineup yeah, but it's only twenty three possessions, and then you yeah. you get down to like Isaiah Joe and Kaysen in the starting lineup in place of Gideon Dort, which I think a lot of people would be like, "Oh yeah, do that. Let's see that." Only twenty one possessions minus seventeen point eight. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's yeah, it's whatever. It's whatever. I think that they played a little bit against Houston and they were missing all the shots. Yeah, it's so it's too it's, few of possessions to like really draw any conclusions from. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, Shea, Mitzich, Dub, Joe, and Chet played one minute together, you know? So, I mean, it's still just too early to know, like, what all this means, and Mark talked about it after the Houston game. Like, they're gonna have to figure something out with Josh Giddy. Like, he, I get that, like, maybe the fit is, is not great. And it does, certainly doesn't look great right now, and he's playing poorly. One, they need to get him playing better. He's got to play better. And if he just, like, normalizes, like, even just, like, a small amount, like, it's going to help so much. Yeah. But it's going to be – We, I, th I still think we got to be patient with him. And, like, still the team is good, you know? So I just – I don't know. I'm – I'm still willing to be patient. I still stand by that. The comments that I made last week, I, I still stand by those. Like we just need to give him some more time. Um, but the schedule is, is going to get tough, you know, pretty quick. They play Utah tonight. That's like a, like you have to win. They go on the road the rest of the week at Sacramento at Denver. Like those are two really tough games Thursday and Saturday. Come back home on Monday against Memphis. Let me see that if that's I can't I don't think Jaw's supposed to be back yet. Also like Jaw may not be back like exactly after twenty five games from from what I understand. Um, yeah. so let's see. How many games have they played so far? Twenty one games? So Yeah, it's see. unlikely that, that is uh, the twenty sixth. That's so it'll game. be the twenty fifth yeah, so they. I don't. I think it's actually his last game to be suspended for is against Oklahoma City. Yeah. And they've. I mean, they've played better recently, but they've also had like a pretty easy schedule recently. So that should be like another win for the Thunder. I mean, they, they've that 
that Grizzlies roster has like turned rough really fast, really, really fast. Yeah. Um, uh, so Utah, Sacramento, Denver, Memphis, and then they have both LA teams at home. They have like this nice home stretch around Christmas where the 21st against the Clippers, 23rd against the Lakers. Uh, then after Christmas, 26 against Minnesota. Tough one. Yeah. Um, New York, which is going to be without Mitchell Robinson, which is a really interesting player. And I'm sure people are like, why does Andrew want to talk about Mitchell Robinson? Uh, because he's like the best offensive rebounder like yeah, in the league by far. And so missing him is kind of a big deal for them. And so that actually helps OKC quite a bit. But like still, New York is good. And then the 29th yeah. against Denver again in Denver. So they play in Denver twice during this stretch before the end of the before the end of the year. And they finish it off uh, against Brooklyn. It's like that's it's a really tough stretch of basketball. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm really interested to see where they're at by the end of that. Like they're going to lose some of these games. Um, I mean that's undoubtedly going to happen. And yeah, if they if they yeah, finish like twenty four and and seven after these ten games, it's going to be. Oh, they'll be. The, I mean, they'll be the number one seed in the Western Conference. Yeah, by far. Yeah. No, it's going to be something like probably going. If if it goes fifty percent, it's going to be already something. Yeah, yeah. Of note. Yeah, I think people. We also need to remember, like, if you pick the Thunder to win forty nine games, which would be like a massive success, they have to lose a lot of games. Nobody did that. Nobody did that. Forty nine. Uh, yeah, forty nine was very high. Yeah, it's high. I think I had forty six or forty seven. Forty six. Forty six. Yeah. Yeah, I said probably over. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, cl- classic McKelly to go over, which which is always right. No, I'm not always right. Um, I think that I... No, I said that in order for me to be uh, excited about the season, Mm -hmm. I would have need to win more than 48 games. Wow, 46 is not getting you excited? I said, no. It's a a good season, but I'm not excited. So uh, I'm not saying uh, <laughs> probably I didn't say that 48 was uh, but uh, 48 got me somewhere. Yeah. Let's put it this way. And and yeah, if you win 48 games, you need to lose quite a lot of them. Yeah, you got to lose a lot. Um, yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to take some questions from the chat? Sure. Why not? We have Zach there- in here that says, "Why not have Giddy Guard fours and?" J-Dub guard wing players. Uh, it doesn't mean much in modern NBA, and I think they are already doing it when they can. Like against the the Lakers, I think that the Giddy was guarding the wing because mm-hmm. the four is LeBron James. Yeah. Um, against Houston, I think that Giddy was on Jabari for stretches. Yeah, um, he also guarded re- Bro- Dylan Brooks a lot, and Dylan Brooks like looked at Giddy and was just like, "I'm going to cook you, like you're about yeah. to get cooked." Yeah, which yeah. is great, by the way, to let Brooks cook on most nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. you just need to you just need to, to to maybe do it 
fake it for a few seconds and hope that he doesn't have uh, the greatest night, mm-hmm. like the Canada night. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is matchup based, and and I mean, oh, Giddy will pick the slowest among the wing slash four guys. Yeah, yeah on the or other it's team. just like strictly a spot up guy that you yeah. put him on, which makes the most sense. Yeah. Uh, Zach Vobernick wants to know: Is Chip England the best free agent signing in team history? Um, yeah, probably so. I mean, uh, it's up there, I would say. What are the others? I mean, Isaiah Joe, two Pat, two Isaiah Joe, two Pat. (laughs) Sorry, I had to say that. I mean, I we were so excited about two Pat. Yeah, like uh, a shooter. He will not take uh, like too many positions away. He's he, the ball. The ball doesn't stick yeah. in his hands. The ball doesn't stick. Yeah, well, yeah. It's it's not the ball doesn't go anywhere, and and, <laughs> and it's not going in for sure. So, um, yeah, Isaiah mm. Joe. I mean, Isaiah Joe was a. I, I wouldn't call it a free agent acquisition, even if it if it's technically true. It's uh, it's more of a, almost a second draft pick. Let's put it this way. I'm, Other teams it, had a chance to get him, though. Sure. What do you mean, sure? sure. Don't roll your eyes at me. I said sure. It's it's outside <laughs> of the so-called free agency <laughs> periods. It's just yeah. it's just uh, like it was a cut. It's it it's like almost Ty Ty Washington. It's it's only that Isaiah Joe is great and Ty Ty is out of the league. Yeah. Would you call like for Milwaukee Ty Ty a free agent acquisition? No. I mean, it's a uh, Ty Ty's on Milwaukee. Where he had a stint there. He's no? on. A, he's on a two way. He's he was there. I saw him in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Is that a free agent acquisition? Yeah, he was free. He was free to do what he would like. Come on, come on. That's what yeah. a free agent is. When you're free. I know. I know. I know. I know that you know what I mean. I do, but I don't accept it. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, let's see. Who else? Uh, a Skaggs fifty nine. Any players in the twenty twenty four class that you feel are starting to rise? Well, I dreamt I had dreams about Kai Filipowski, but I'm not <laughs> sure if this is something that uh, answers your question <laughs> and also um, speaks about my mental health. Um, I don't know. I watched very little so far. Um, the, among the guys that I watched, there is no perfect fit for OKC. I mean, the guards are, yeah, maybe Trey Alexander is a little bit interesting. Um, yeah, I like him. I would not put my chips uh, to get to get him uh, if there is any other opportunity. Big man, I mean, I think we watch Klingman. Uh, I think that we, that we watch Bobby Klintman, um, Filipowski. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Um, no one really pops for me, but yeah. but it's early. Yeah, it is early. There's been some disappointing games. Um, I I'm interested to watch more of Cody Williams. Oh, me too. Dubs, that is, I, I really I really wanted to talk to you about like he should be a guy that we do rather soon for. Yeah, for us he scores and he's. Decent passer. He doesn't shoot many threes, though. And is he six eight, six nine? Yeah, six eight. Yeah, he's pretty big. So he's, yeah. he's an interesting one. 
But yeah, um, this class. He sat just, out in this game, right? For I don't know, minor injury. Uh, I think that I think that's right. He this this class is pretty brutal, though. Yeah, I mean, um, spoiler alert: um, the next prospect will be probably Collier. Um, yeah, who's had like a bad stretch. Yeah, let's say that if you. If in November, your number one pick, supposed number one pick, is Isaiah Collier, there are issues. He won't be the number one pick. <laughs> he won't yeah, be. not if. There's just no I way mean, he can be the number one pick, right? He's like well, six five, yeah. short arms. I don't know. Like he's a good defender. Like, what is and if you want to know more about Isaiah Collier, please subscribe to the OKC Dream Team Show. That's we right. will talk about him soon. That's right. That's right. Uh, Ethan Tucker, what did you think of Cooper Flag? Um, very impressive athlete. Um, good passer for his size. He's six, like a legit six eight. Like he runs the court so so well. Um, the shot did not look good. Um, it's pretty flat. He's got a lot of work to do on that. Um, but you can tell he knows how to play. He did not look like a number one pick to me in that one game. But again, it's only one game. And, you know, the circumstances are strange, you know, being in Vegas like that. So, like, I don't, I don't read a ton into just the one performance, but, like, it it wasn't awesome. <laughs> I can say I can say that. I thought um, actually like the best player in that game was Trey Johnson, who's going to Texas. He played for the Link Academy. Um, he was awesome. Like he can really really shoot it, really really shoot it. And if he can develop like a little bit more like passing in his game, like he's going to be like a really good player. Um, are really impressed with him. But, like, Cooper's good. Like, pretty good defender, really good passer, really good fluid athlete. But, like, he's not he's not perfect. You know, like, he's not, like, somebody that's just, like, pulling up and just, like, smoking guys all the time. Like, he's not. Like, he's he was, like, more of, like, a cog in the system of Montford, who's, like, one of the most, like, dominant high school teams ever. Um, lots of really good players on Montford, though. Like that, it was it was fun to watch. It was really fun to watch. Um, let's see. Hmm. Assuming that Shay, Dub, and Chet are untouchable, this is from what everyone needs to smile. What are the next most valuable assets for OKC? For a moment, I thought about Cher, the singer, not Chet. It does say anyway. Cher. <laughs> wow. Um, you a big Cher fan? No, okay, um, but I, I liked uh, a movie <laughs> that she did uh, and also a few songs. Um, what are the next most valuable assets for OKC? Um, well, right now, Giddy's stock are not high, um, so it would be silly to say him. Um, not because I don't believe in him as a player in general, but because if we are talking about assets today, if you put him on the market, I'm not sure what what's the appetite um, or the value. Mm-hmm. 
I, I'm not really sure because I'm not really sure, not because I'm 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 saying this low. I'm saying that I don't know. Um, case on Wallace is pretty high. I think that the value of Wallace is pretty high. Uh, I'm not sure that it's higher than a guy like Isaiah Joe because Isaiah Joe is extremely cheap, extremely cheap, and I don't know. And this is more of a John Ham question: if by trading him, the receiving team would retain his bird rights. Hmm, I don't know either. I have no idea. So let's let's uh, make all the cases. If if um, if you retain his bird rights, then Isaiah Joe's contract is very valuable. Mm-hmm. It's first round pick worthy for sure. Oh yeah. How definitely. high of a first round pick? I don't know, but like teams can go pretty crazy for a shooter that can defend and on a controllable cheap deal for one year, and then like you can extend him. I think yeah. it's two years for now or one year. Um, after next year. Okay. So one, if you trade him now, it's one and a half year of team control, mm-hmm. uh, plus the ability to retain him. Um, okay, so it's not full bird rights. Okay, and then there are the picks. I think that the unprotected uh, Clippers pick is valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure there is any other young player that is first round worthy as of today. Um. I mean, I think a team would still give a first-round pick for Josh Giddy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Giddy, we mentioned that we don't know about the value, but sure. Yeah, I think it's still good a first for him. A um, good one or a protected one? I mean, it would be protected in some way, but yeah. probably lightly protected, I would guess. Like a top 10 protected? Maybe like a top 8 protected, top 5 protected, yeah. <clears throat> I wouldn't I wouldn't use that. <laughs> No, but yeah, like everybody no. else, yeah, everybody else is like, yeah, you're not. Isn't talking. it sad that Usman Jang is just already like almost an afterthought in terms of value? That if he has to pens out, he has to pens out on the court and not by. Yeah, I, I, I still want to be patient with Us. I mean, it's it was not expected that he was gonna like step in and like be somebody for this team this year. I expected him to be in the rotation like at the beginning of the year, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't think that that was the expectation from everybody. Hmm. He played, I mean, he definitely like played better in summer league and like showed some flashes here and there. And that like, that was, that was really good. He's playing well in the G league, you know, noise. <laughs> Are you excited about that? Um, I mean, it's good. I mean, it'd be, it'd be it's better sure, than it being be, bad be in the G worse. League. Like, there's be been, bad. I mean, there's been guys that have been bad in the G League. You know, he's not yeah. shooting it particularly well in the G League, though. Isn't that a little bit depressing? I Just mean, a tiny bit. I'm not. I mean, it is. It does like Usman Jang and what happens with him is not going to make me happy, sad, whatever. I get. I don't. It. it the team is so good that I just don't. Honestly, don't really care what happens to Usman Jang. If he turns okay. out to be a great player, awesome. Like throw him in there. If he's not, if he just like is out of the league in two years, like who cares? Like you have a a great team with tons of picks, and like you're you're going to miss. Like that's just like the thing with the draft. Yeah. It's like you're going to miss if you have and like the Thunder have enough picks. If you have enough chances 
you're going to miss. Like you're just, you just are. And it's okay that they miss. It's totally fine. But I'm still also willing to like give him a little bit more time to to figure it out. I don't think he's going to be like some star or anything. I think that that ship has probably already sailed. But could he? Would be? you trade Usman Jang and a protected first for Advia? No, heck no. I don't know why everyone is like Did, implying it. Probably Advia's agent wants him out of PC. Denny's not very good. He's not bad. Yeah, but he's not good. No. Like, do you think? Like, what? What would he be on this team? Like, what is he on? The I, I don't know. I'm not. I. I. I, I never liked Advia from the draft onwards. Yeah, I know. I, That's I, why I'm a little surprised. Reading you even the name, him. I, I keep reading the name everywhere. Like Advia here, Advia there. Always a good defender. Always as like he's fine. He's, he's not a good. He's misplaced. He's miscast in Washington. Okay. What's he? What's Maybe he, it's just me. What is he supposed to be cast for? I don't know. Just being a tool that can defend. I just wouldn't trade a first for him. I mean, no. if, it, if it was if it was Jang and a second, like whatever, like sure, whatever. Yeah, but it's whatever. I don't want whatever. I know. That's, I don't think Denny Avdi is like the guy that you should trade for. I think you need to trade for a real shooter. He's a fake shooter. Like, he's a career thirty-one percent from three. Like why would you yeah, want to trade? Why would you want to trade for that guy? I don't want that. I just you're the one who brought him up. Mind. I didn't bring I him up. I I know. I just <laughs> wanted to to see if I was missing something. I don't watch enough NBA to know if what I'm reading is right. I watched two games and I was not particularly impressed. He's fine. I, I mean, I think Maybe like you, you like him because he's six foot nine. But like, I don't know. I just don't think he's very good. Okay. I mean, for a bad Wizards team. Like he's averaging twelve points and five boards. Would you take Gallo back? No, it's too slow. Just for me as an Italian he's to have an Italian guy. No, sorry, um, no, he's too slow. Yeah, come he's on, he's way slow. He, number times. Yeah, yes, probably. yes, yes. He's really slow. He is like yeah. scary slow out there. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's not good. I mean, if you're wanting anybody from the Wizards, like it should be Corey Kispert. Yeah, I know, I know. This is why I want a great Dick in the draft, just to have a a slightly different uh, variation on the Kispert kind of player. Yeah, I mean, Kispert is like a real shooter, and that's what you like. You if you want to bring in somebody. Like you should trade for somebody that can really shoot it, you know. Yeah, like that. and hopefully take some rebound. Yeah, that's the thing about Kispert. He's like he's not a good rebounder. Nope. That's like that's that's also the things like the Thunder have like the benefit. Excuse me, of being able to be patient about who they acquire. Like you don't need to go out and acquire Denny Avdia or really no. any. Honestly, like. There's really nobody on the Wizards that I would want on the Thunder that I would just be like, oh, they, yeah. ha- they have to get this guy. No. You know, there's just, there's just, nope, there's nobody on the team that I'm like, oh, man, like this guy would be great on the team. Like, no, like, don't, I'm not messing with any of these guys. You know, they don't need any of these dudes that are on this team, you know? Even like, yeah. even like, like Bilal is probably like they're, they're like, most cov- like the most coveted player on their team just because he was taken in the top 10 but 
like the Thunder don't have the developmental minutes for Koulibaly, you know? No. Like, and that's and that's part of why it's tough for Jang right now. It's like there's the the developmental minutes don't exist. Like, you have enough players that can really go on your team to where like you you can only get. I mean, they're giving Jang like eight minutes here, you know, ten minutes there, five minutes here, two minutes there. It's just like how can we squeeze in these developmental minutes for him? And that's why. I, and it's funny because like so many people give Steve Kerr the business about being a bad developmental coach. But like when, it's hard. When the truth is, like he may he may not be a great developmental coach, but he's also had Steph Curry, a generational player, on his team year after year after year. And you can't develop young players when you're a title contender. Like you just can't. And, you can't. And do also it. they they asked him to develop Weissman. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't because Kuminga and Moody. Are fine, mostly fine. Yeah, not great, but there is no guarantee that in another spot they would be better. Right. They they are not bad. No, 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 no. They're not bad players. Um, but yeah, like I'm just willing to wait on Oos and also. Oos. Um, but yeah, he's it's a it's a tough spot for him because like because the team is competitive now. It just like kind of means that you don't get, you know, that you don't get like just token minutes, which is like you need minutes. You need minutes to develop. Like if you want to be a good NBA player, you have to get minutes. Um, hey, start him instead of Kitty and see what happens. Sorry. Okay. Um, I'll shut up. Can he be worse? Possibly. Can he be? I think he can. Yeah, I do. I think so. <laughs> Will it be though? Who knows? Who knows? If you don't try, you don't you don't know. <laughs> I'll ask Mark pregame tonight. <laughs> hey, can you a imagine? weird Italian can you guy imagine? mentioned that you should start Jeng instead of Giddy. What what are your thoughts yeah. about <laughs> Oh, can you imagine? I cannot imagine asking a question like that. I would never do it. I would never ever do it. It's it's such uh it's so crazy. I think I mean Giddy will keep starting, you know, until it just becomes completely untenable. And I understand yeah. that people believe that it already is, and I don't blame you for feeling that way, but it just is what it is for now, my friends. Yep. Uh, um, Moss P, how about OG and Anobi? I mean, they're not trading for OG and Anobi. One, it's, he's going to be incredibly expensive in terms of assets, and then he's going to be incredibly expensive in terms of money that he's going to get on his next deal and um, watching the team play. I just, I think they could use a player like that. Certainly that's like a big wing defender that can shoot. Like, yeah, like, but like everything else surrounding in an tells me that it's not a good idea um, was as far as like the, the contract um, yeah, and I just and it's not even the prototype of player that OKC really needs. Um, you were mentioning it, I think, between the line. It's it's not a player that needs usage and needs mm -hmm. touches. Mm -hmm. uh, if you say, "Hey, let's dangle two first round picks to get McDaniel's," I would be I would understand more. Mm -hmm. um, he can take like seven eight shots. He can defend whoever. Um, he, he's a um, decent enough corner shooter. 
can't play basketball. Like that that prototype of player, if you if you slide him in, it will work. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he needs touches, needs different stuff. So I'm, and and of course, Jaden McDaniels is not up he's, for grabs. Yeah, he's not so, being traded. He's not being no. traded. And and you can't get guys like Vanderbilt, for example, who are in the same mold of Herb Jones and these long, lanky defenders that would fit very well defensively for OKC. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you can't. You just can't have zero shooting. I mean, I watched Vando like refusing a wide open treatment shot and just driving and moving the ball to nowhere because the defense is just not caring about him mm-hmm. um, and he is not willing to take shots. So, I mean, there there are players that can feed on one hand but not on the other. And um, like finding a player that can feed on both ends with low volume uh, in terms of shots and versatility, it's not easy. It's really not easy. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. And they have the, and I, like I said before, like they have the benefit of being able to be patient and figuring it out as they go. And they have all the assets they need to make almost any trade they want. And so I think yeah. that, that, that also affords you like to be patient and how good the roster is gives you the ability to be patient with who you acquire. Um, so I don't expect anything big this year as far as like trades go. So, uh, all right. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Hope you guys are having a great Monday. Uh, enjoy the game tonight, and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. Oh, go vote. Go vote. Go vote yes tomorrow. If you're in Oklahoma City, vote yes. Please vote yes. Please. Don't disappoint us. Vote yes. Uh, talk to you guys again on Wednesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.